time to down your unders. Down your unders. The Frontline Gaming Network brings to you Art of War. Down Under. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. All right, welcome to part two, guys. Thank you so much for our lovely patrons. And this uh, this episode is just for you. This is the first one direct for you guys and kind of molded by you guys also. So I had a on Facebook about what um, faction you guys like to see covered and Simon was quick to jump on and say you wanted Harlequins covered. And uh, so I reached out to the man who I know has got the mo- more Harlequin games under his belt than, I don't know, probably most people on the planet at the moment. <laughs> or probably I'm more. sure some people have to be, but uh, yeah. But so this, we are joined lovingly by Nick Nadavati. If you guys uh, did this in chronological order, you already know that he joined us for the first part where we broke down um, everything, the points chases and the psychic awakening buffs and changes to Harlequins, their context, uh, what they offered, what they gave, how good we think they are, and uh, what we think they're going to be looking at coming into ninth edition. And now we're going to we're going to deep dive into how we get these guys working on the table, the nuance and the real ins and outs of what will hopefully make a successful Harlequin's Army uh, moving into ninth edition. Um, so those who don't know Nick, and I don't know why you wouldn't know Nick, especially if you found your way to my podcast, uh, Nick Nanavati is one of the most uh, accomplished and acclaimed uh, players in 40K history. And, uh, you know, he's the the brainchild behind the, the Art of War uh, brand, of which I've decided to become a part. So say hello, Nick. Thanks for coming on part two with us. Yeah, Adam, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. So first and foremost... List construction with Harlequins. People have, have come from episode one. They've just been given this huge slab of just raw information just pumped into their brains. And now we're going to try and squish that into something usable. So going to start really, really basic here. What detachments do you want to take as a Harlequins army? You definitely want uh, your Warlord to come from Harlequins. So let's start there. A couple reasons why. Um, most notably is the Relics. Uh, you have amazing Relics. And if you don't have a free one from your Warlord, then you're only going to get, you have to pay, you get none. You have to pay one CP yeah. to get one and three CP to get two. You really want to just get two for the cost of one CP. That's, that's, that's right. fundamental. So your warlords are going to have to come from Harlequins. And, and, um, and straight and straight up, I'm, I'm just going to say, I, I can't think of another faction that has a better and more well-rounded array of relics than Harlequins do. Like, yeah, no. I mean, but, Space I, I mean, might have overall way more relics, so you might find more useful ones in there. Actually, that's, that's probably true. I, that's about it. Like, so the thing is, though, the things that limit the Harlequin relics is the 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 bodies you're putting them on. Like, if you could put Harlequin relic relics on like a Blood Angel Smash Captain, holy crap! Oh my god! But <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, we can't. Yeah, so, yeah. so do you? Are you thinking battalion or is it mono, mono? I think battalion. So. There's different ways you could do it. Um, you could like a, a vanguard will cover your needs um, really easily. Basically, what you want is at least one big troop squad, I think, and then I like other small yep. troop squads to play the mission really well. Um, yep. You want one unit skyweavers, which pretty much any detachment will give you. You definitely want a solitaire and death jester at a minimum, so that's two elites. Uh, you want a troop master and a shadow here. so that's your core. You can get that into a patrol. You can get that into a battalion. You can get that to a vanguard. You can get that to an outrider if you want to pay some taxes for more troops or more sky reavers. Rather, um, there's no, there's no like I have eleven fast attack choices, so we're going to take an outrider. Yeah. Your, your <laughs> army is like seven units big, so I mean, you, can, and, and you can fit it into anything really. Uh, I have a one. battalion because uh, you're gonna take. You don't want that many elites, solitaire, death gesture, solitaire. Or sorry, two two death gestures and the solitaire is, is standard. Um, that'll fit anywhere. 
in a battalion. Um, you don't really want more than two units of Skyweavers. I think you only want one, but maybe some people like two. I don't think you want three at the current cost. So I weigh that off in a battalion. Say, I was yeah. about to say, there's no way, there's no way you want three anymore. It's <laughs> it's it's over half your army essentially yeah. for three three decent sized units. Minimum is going to be uh, a troop master shadow seer. There's a good argument to me that you want a second shadow seer or a second troop master, but you want a battalion for that. Uh, yeah, you don't give so, two craps about heavy support. Those are terrible. So uh, <laughs> stay away from the brigades. Um, so yeah, battalion or patrol or vanguard, any of them really work. Uh, if your warlord is coming from it, you may as well just be a battalion. Uh, get the plus three CP to get make it free and get more slots and call it a day. So you're thinking, so would it be one kit, fully kitted out unit of troop? So you'd have one meaty kind of... Yeah, I've, every time I've ran one, I've actually wanted a second. So I think you'll really, if you're going for mono Harlequins or at least vast majority Harlequins, I think you're going to want at least two big bricks of troops. So you, are, you, do you, are we talking eights, uh, nines, tens, elevens, twelves? Where do you think the sweet I, I spot is? I think tens is the sweet spot. I mean, if you want to hit nine just because points be more power to you but like 9 10 is where i would go 11 and 12 is where i used to be but the blast weapon rules are rough so yes. let's just keep it a 10 and call it a day um i wouldn't give them all special weapons because i do find they do take casualties from nonsense here and there um so i, I like up to eight special weapons anywhere between five and eight depending on how hit you actually want to make your squad and how many points you want to put into it um and use those squads uh patiently but wait for the right moment to strike and when you need to get stuff done they get the stuff done what do you think is the best kind of combination of caress, kiss, caress? Um, what's the other one? Sorry. Embrace. Uh, yeah. Embrace. Like, is, I, I is there spent a... so much time thinking on this? I don't think there's a right answer to this question. Uh, I, I think, think it's, it's so it's so it's so meta based. Now let's let's break into that a little bit because I, I believe it's meta based. So yeah. if you're if we're walking into a ninth edition meta where we think space winds are going to be prevalent, but things like Death Guard and Admech who have insane survivability and damage output especially on the admex side of things is is there a better one for for combating those three big boys yeah i think overall well it depends so the kiss is definitely really strong against like your basic intercessor um reason being is that it's strength five you're only on threes it's ap minus two so yeah it's the best ap and strength combo for that package and then uh, it's only one damage but with this two cp strat you can make yourself two um that's that's pretty nice yeah then I think the caress, or I might get this back. I always get the kiss and the caress back. Which one of them is, plus, is strength five AP two one damage. The other one is strength four AP one D three damage. The D three damage one is is not is really good for killing characters or like that medium infantry, which is like like six years of battle that have a decent invul save, uh, other yep. harlequins things things that have a decent invul, and that's when you want the the D three damage and the plus one and the strength four and AP one. So mm. I, I really do oscillate between those two the most. Embrace is AP three, and in certain metas where you're fighting a lot of like terminators, bullgrim, yeah, these that kind of stuff. That AP3 is helpful, but keep in mind they also typically have powerful invuls to back up the good armor saves. Yeah, so, th things like custodes. Like they're going to be carrying a storm shield around with them. So, like, I'm AP3, that's not going to really come into effect. So, again, I'd rather just have that extra, the only AP1, that's good enough. And then D3 damage, I think we'll get more mileage out of. So, I've kind of game theoried it down to taking a majority, I believe it's Kiss, the D3 damage one. Um, but there's definitely an argument to me that you want one unit to be loaded out with caresses. Um, yeah. I haven't really found good value to mixing your unit, like taking like three caresses, three kisses in a squad. I think you want your squad specialized, and if you want to have both weapons in your army, just run multiple units. 
I think that's a really, really good point, especially with a meta that we believe is going to be so essentially polarized. Having specialist units, um, I think, is is all all the better. And you, on top of this, you don't need you don't need big units to be horde clearers. Little units clear hordes phenomenally well. Back to that point about why you want units specialized. The way I design this, the way I view 40k, that's not the only way, but it's the way I do it. Um, is I, I give myself a giant toolbox. And then I yep. pick which tool I need in that situation, and I yeah. put my resources into making that tool do the most work. So if I have command points and stratagems to do fight twice, plus one wound, two damage, I want to use those command points on one unit as efficiently as possible. Not spread, not because I'm only I only have a limited resource of command points. I can't make every squad amazing. Yeah. So I'm going to pick which unit in my army makes the most sense for the game that I'm in and the situation I'm in, and then put all my resources into that unit. So if that unit is diversified. I'm not getting the best bang for my buck, as opposed to having multiple diversified units. Or multiple do you see? Units. Do you see any any? I, I guess there was a couple. So I'll, I'll backtrack a second um, and clear my thinking. Coming into eighth, I suppose we we've got experience with probably only two real standardized archetypes for Harlequins. That being um, Skyweaver spam, or, or essentially Haywire spam. You're not you're not spamming the bikes. You're spamming the Haywire cannons and yeah. um, fusion pistol spam. E.g., like doing drive bys. Out of the sides of um, vehicles with the, as I can't remember what it is, is it the soaring spite or soaring spite, yeah, one, uh-huh. yeah, um, which lets you do, do the drive bys. Um, do either of those archetypes still have merit? Do you think? I mean, I know we're already talking I, about sky waivers. I, I think, think I guess so. talking- I really don't think so. so. Soaring spite, part of why it was so strong is the ability to advance and shoot without penalty. Um, yep. The reason that that still applies, like when you advance, you do suffer a penalty. But the reason I think it's uh, less useful nowadays. Is because hit modifiers no longer stack, especially for like things like skyweavers. Like, I would yeah. always be hesitant to advance my skyweavers because I don't want to give myself like multiple minus ones to hit. Like, if I'm shooting off plane, I'm already minus one, then I'm minus two. But you always want to advance for skyweavers because then you get to use this prismatic blur strategy to give them the three up in bowl, or you just get that extra movement to go somewhere. It's, and it's definitely in your best interest to advance a lot of the time. But now that so- it's just to hit stop at minus one, by all means, just advance. So, question for you. I'm, I'm not fully abreast on all the rules. Can Skywavers, sorry, um, Starwavers advance and charge? Uh, yeah, all Harlequins can advance yeah, and charge. That's what, that's what I thought. I thought it wasn't a flip belt exclusive thing that they could all no. do it. So, yeah, what you used to do is you used to advance, shoot your shoot your fusion pistols, and then charge and tap something. Then you'd be able to fall back with that guy and shoot now. Now you can't fall back with that guy and shoot anymore, yeah, which is actually I, a big deal. That's a huge deal. You're like you're a, a short range shooting army that doesn't have fallback and shoot. Like it's mm. just not great. And eg, if you can't fall back and shoot with a transport, that means you can't fall back and shoot with the yeah, troops. The guys spot. actually could, I believe, um, if they were on their own. Now you could, of course, get them out of the transport. I think that yeah. they don't count as falling back if you do that. But that like you're kind of defeating the purpose here of running this mm, army. Exactly right, because you had this insulated, squishy unit with expensive fusion pistols that you were keeping safe inside this transport, and then. You're just going to get them out as soon as you get right next to your opponent. Like, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense. But so the way I was going with the fusion pistols is, you'd think they'd get a lot more va- that strategy and that archetype would get a lot more value now because of the assumption we've got that we're running into a vehicle heavy meta. Yeah, I do. I think that I'm, I'm not trying to predict the entire meta right now. It's too fluxy mm-hmm. with all the new yeah. point values and everyone's got their own ideas and stuff. Vehicles are way better. You will see more vehicles than you saw in eighth. That I think goes without saying. So there is more value to like melt the guns and melt the boats and things like that. But I don't want to say that the, it's just vehicles, kind of like fifth edition was just vehicles for those of you who played back mm-hmm. then. Um, you definitely need to have a 
more diverse army sets. So I think like fusion boats are a great inclusion to your army, but I don't think they are the fulcrum of what your list should be. Because you are going to run into like uh, MSU horde. Like I think of, uh, horde styles won't be like three units of 30 boys. They'll be nine units of 10. No matter which way you slice it though, that's still nine mm-hmm. models and your 30 fusion pistols aren't going to be fun to play against that. Yeah, that's very true. Um, all right. So jumping over to next topic. So mask form options. So where do you see is the, the sweet spot for the mask forms? I suppose, that I, from what I can remember, there's three good ones. There's Frozen Stars, Soaring Spite, and I can't remember what the third one is. Uh, Dreaming Shadow was good for the bikes. Dreaming so Shadow, like that. that's that it, yeah. Yankee stuff. Um, the other ones just totally suck. Uh, I think it's just Frozen Stars now, to be totally honest. Oh, with you. Tell us what Frozen, Frozen Stars does. Frozen Stars is the most basic, actually. It's just plus one attack on the charge. Um and you know all the other ones have like weird Carlequin jank associated with them. This is wrong, <laughs> but I think you get random jank so in so many other places. Your relics, your stratagems, your psychic powers, your pivotal rolls. You gotta at some point stop taking the jank and actually get something done. And Just that's wolf. what Frozen Stars does for you. What's the stratagem for Frozen Stars? I remember it being powerful as well. It is powerful. So it's a, it's plus one to wound for two command points. Um, Ouch. So you could yeah. combo that if you're willing to slug for, for um, yeah, command you points. You can combo the plus one to wound with uh, plus, plus one damage. damage and, really and just absolutely yeah. rip up. Oh, like, yeah. Um, I think, is, there a double, is there a double attack strat? Yeah, Harlequins just generically have that. So between between that, I mean, it's seven command points, but that is literally just about anything in the game dead, yeah? Is there anything you can conceive that could survive that? Uh, like a townar with a million shield drones next to it, maybe? <laughs> like, you know, something stupid? <laughs> well, they're only like 900 points now, according to yeah. this thing. So I'm playing we can, we, on Friday. So we things we can have two good. of them. Yeah. We'll just take two, man. Oh just take god. two. It's 1,800 points. Oh my god. Please don't take two. I'll cry. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the nice things about Harlequins is Player of Twilight as a world trait. It's super unreliable as a CP regen mechanic, but when it works, it's potentially huge. Uh, basically what it does, uh, it's the only good warlord trait you have. So you just take this one every time. And sometimes it's awesome. Uh, what it does is it lets you regen CP. You have to, whenever your opponent or you, so a lot of chances to do this rolls a stratagem. Uh, actually it might just be you. I forget off the top of my head, but I had to double check right, that. It's, oh. either. it's, it's either. Okay. Whenever you use a, a stratagem, you roll a die, and if it the total of the, that die matches the command points expended for that stratagem, you refund that many. So it does let you get more than one. Um, some some absurdly powerful uses would be like your opponent spends four command points on a vect, and then you steal four command points from yeah. something like that. Um, and then they roll they roll a one on the vect, <laughs> they and they can't, can't re-roll re-roll it. It. they can't re-roll <laughs> it. That'd be the dream, right? That'd be the dream. But uh, when you are going for these crazy Harlequin plays, you can you can hedge your bets a little bit. Um, it's risky, but sometimes it's one of the nice things about Harlequins is you go in there, you spend two command points for plus one to wound, see if you get it back. If you do, now you know re- uh, yeah. your plus two damage is free. Your plus one damage is free. So yeah. stuff like that. That's uh, that's amazingly powerful when it comes off. So theoretically speaking, do you want to try and start this with 12 CP, yeah? Yeah, I mean, you, if you're I'm going pre, on Harlequins, you're yeah. going to want to try to do one battalion because your command points, your stratagems are what lets your army work. So you need as many as you can. That's why I don't recommend buying three relics. That's why I think your warlord needs to be a Harlequin. Um, that's why I don't go crazy with the pivotal rolls. I really just take one, maybe two, in addition to the ones I uh, replace. Like It's easy to go spend all your command points in Harlequins by turn two. It's yeah, really easy. It really is. It really is. And, and you just can't do that. Uh, so that's going to our next one. Next one is um, so. Let's say you're only taking two or three relics. What are the what are your two 
if if you have two auto take relics, what are they? Uh, if I'm writing them on my list, so like ideally I can choose game by game, but Games Workshop decided that's not a thing unless tournament or whatever. Yeah, it is. Um, I would pretty much always check Chegaros Rose and Little Solitaire. It just let hit lets him kill the characters. Yeah. His job is to kill the characters. So for those who are playing at home, that is is it plus one or plus two strength minus one rend day three damage and then rerolls yeah, to re- win against the infantry. It replaces your kiss, I think. Um so it's still plus one strength, so your strength four. Um it's minus one AP, so not that great. But again, against characters, they typically have invuls, minus one AP is really all you need, yeah. generally speaking. Then um uh three flat damage and rerolls to win versus infantry. So against a lot of characters like a smash captain, you're swinging in there with eleven attacks on your blitz turn oh. and stars. Hitting on twos, you get like let's say nine hits. You're wounding on fours, re-rolling the wound. You could give yourself plus one to wound here for frozen stars, or plus one damage to get the damage four. Um, plus one damage one hit versus your standard issue smash captain with five wounds. So let's submit that. But let's fours re-rolling on nine wounds should get six to seven wounds. Um yep. then your opponent should fail two of those saves, it's just three up invuls. Uh this is why that extra the AP one doesn't really matter, just invuls are everywhere. Um fails two saves, take six damage, get out of here. Now I've I'll tell you a little story here. I have a there's a famous game. Or maybe it's not that famous. Some people, but it's stuck in my head like nothing else. Um, a gentleman took this this guy, um, Frozen Stars, Kegrex Rose, Solitaire, and had it kill an entire essentially Supreme Command detachment of Thousand Sons in a turn because he made it attack three times. Yeah. First first set of attacks killed two um, um, killed two sorcerers. Um, second set of attacks piled in to Araman and a Demon Prince. Killed Araman, got killed by the Demon Prince, attacked again, and killed the Demon Prince. Like yeah. the amount of work you can make this guy do with that weapon in conjunction with Blitz and you know some other bits and pieces and stratagems is just absolute insanity. Like this guy is actually the limit for the potential of this yeah. of this character. And so so um the way you fight on death, that's not a generic Harlequin strat. That is a Midnight Sorrow strat, and it's really the only oh, reason to take Midnight Sorrows. But it yep. is definitely a reason to consider um taking a mixed attachment or a soup detachment type of thing as a secondary patrol maybe that you pay two cp for make most of it match your main mask let's say your main mask is frozen stars and then you take more characters and whatnot make most of that match your main mask so that way you can benefit from the keyword things like uh the fat shadow seers minus one to wound or things like that which are keyword specific but then take a midnight sorrow solitaire the cool thing about this is that he can now has access to fight on death. He loses at the Frozen Stars plus one attack, but it's okay. It's not the biggest deal. It's one attack. Um, and then the Hero's Path, which is one of the best sol- stratagems for the Solitaire, doesn't check what your mask is. It's just, is there a yeah. Death Monster, a Shadow, so you're in a Solitaire in range? And then, yep. you know, you can still make use of it. So that's definitely a thing that uh, Harlequin players should keep in mind. I don't personally do it because I value two command points more than fight on death for a Solitaire or unlocking the ability to. But um, I play a much more hit-and-run style of Harlequins mm. where I go in there and then I'll spend two command points to just move out of range or I'll use the Domino Shroud to teleport me out or I'll use I'll go in there and Heroes Path myself to safety like we talked about in episode well, ex- one. Well, exactly right. You've got so many more options now that we've got this new Psyche Wrecking stuff. that You've, you've launched into the next topic as well because the next topic exactly was going to be right. If you do pick a second detachment, do you, su- do you mix it up? And yeah, essentially, I think if you're going to go second detachment, you might as well... It might as well essentially, I think, be a vanguard and you take your two DJs and your solitaire in there. And then, because the DJs and the solitaire, they don't care what mask they are. There's no mask form that gives, or, or sorry, there's no, um, there's no benefit that they can get from any of the mask forms that's going to make an exponential difference 
Um, and so I feel like that's that's if you're going to get that solitaire in, I feel like that's the way you should do it. Especially if you yeah. want to keep the integrity of and like you, a frozen. You can star still make Italian. those two death jesters your frozen stars death jesters, so they'll benefit from minus yeah. one wound in case that matters. Um, and then the solitaire can be minus sorrows exactly. And then like who cares if death jester's not getting plus one attack? Who's yeah, like, that doesn't matter. matter. Like it doesn't matter at all. Um, so question for you: In your games, have you found it difficult to protect your your characters with the new look SR rules? Yeah, it, it has definitely been some quite the nerve to harlequins um one nice thing about harlequins i will say is all their characters want to kind of be in the middle of your army supporting yourself at least in the beginning turns um your saddle seer wants to be in the thick of your army giving minus one to wound your tree master wants to be up there giving reroll wounds solitaire and death jester they don't care they don't mind being forward that's fine um so it's not an issue early on what gets to be an issue is once you send your troop missiles in once your sky weavers are kind of doing their thing on the flank or they're dead um when you start heroes pathing back to safety, they gotta find a place to go that's hopefully within three inches of a unit of at least three models and not going to immediately get picked up by your opponent. Mm. And that gets difficult. So I use terrain a lot. Like I'll teleport my guys back behind obscuring terrain. Um, it's really easy to just pull off because obscure terrain should be abundant um, in the middle of the board, recommended by GW. And uh, there are three models. Like it's not hard to find a spot to put three models. But yeah. uh, if your opponent has good indirect fire options, this can get hairy very quickly. Very true. Um, question. So what's the capacity of a, of a Star Waver? Is it six or five? It's six. Which it's, does, six. it's nice because it lets you get to that six troop or get you a character nerd as well. Yeah. So here's an interesting, this is probably bizarre, not, not a thing. Understrength units. Theoretically, you could put two Death Chasers in a, in a, in a Star Waver with an understrength four-man unit of troop. E.g., when the when the thing dies, you still have four guys there to shield the two death chesters. Right. Um, I, I'm not I'm not quite sure what the rules are for understrength units, especially with the, the say, GT pack I, coming out. Yeah, like, I, I don't know how understrength units work. Um, I try to use it one time at Nova for the most absurd <laughs> reason ever. I, I try to course. take an auxiliary one cabalite warrior to get back from my to entire get vex. Army. Yeah, it's I remember. Really vex to be an entire <laughs> You need to have the models on the table. Um, so if he died, he died. I didn't care. Um, and all of a sudden, everyone discovered the Razor Wing jet fighters are good. Yeah, and, and then <laughs> Mike Brandt was just like, "You need to prove to me beyond a doubt that you could not borrow a dark five dark elder warrior." Like, <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna stay away from this. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, look, there are options there. I mean, if, technically, you could do two Skywavers, Death Jester and five troop, Death Jester and five troop. Um, but then essentially, you're shackling five troops are sitting at the back of the board and kind of skirting around, which probably isn't the best use. Of them, but technically, you could push up in the mid board, and then your 36 inch range or your 24 inch range becomes, you know a lot less of a, a hindrance um so i was about to talk about wall of traits but there aren't any is there any tech wall of traits or any optional wall of traits you might take for different situations i mean now I mean, it's not really a thing now that you have to write it down no, on your list but right, theoretically. Right. if you're writing it on your list it's going to be player twilight there are ones that are yeah. like okay but because harlequins uh just it's not reliable but when you do refund or steal any command points on the stratagem like every time it's two command points it's an entire new uh teleport action which yes is it's a big like, deal because you yeah. get so, so much value just, out of the potential is too worth it not to take it mm. all right um optional tech choices what are your um what are your little bits and bits and bobs that you, you'll shift around i mean I'm, I'm mostly we're probably going to be talking about um pivotal roles but so do you, are your pivotal roles locked in like even when you start conceptualizing a list, or do you fluctuate, e.g., from like GT to major, you choose different ones based on what you think the meta is going to be? How, would you, be how would you mix it up? Yeah. So, like, if I've come into an area where I 
expect six man units to be abundant. Um, not like right now. Like right now, I don't think yeah. there's going to be many six mans because people are overly afraid of hordes uh, of the blast weapon with their hordes. And I think uh, because blast weapons exist, you're already de incentivized to taking six man. So I think a lot of people just won't. Um, so. I wouldn't go for that. If I had to write it on a list, I wouldn't take that on a Death Jester. If I was only bringing yep. one Death Jester, if I was bringing two, I would. Um, but I think you can get away with one Jester at this current time. Um, in metas where I think hordes are more popular, I think you you take two, and you take two different pivotal roles. One with Norse Overwatch, and one with uh, the... Harvester of Torment. Harvester of yeah. Torment, yeah. So, um, in certain metas, I, I think you can get away with not taking the minus six inch range for your Shadow Seer. Uh, Right now, I'm going to take it every game to see how much value I actually get out of it. If I find it's not that much value, I'll just cut it. Um, Legit, that's that's the one you take first up every time. Yeah. I, I feel like that's the auto auto include if you're walking into a meta that you don't know inside out. If upside you don't down, know the meta, which is we're in the eighth or more in the beginning of ninth, I don't know the meta. I'm going to take it every time until I can identify that I don't need it. I will need it. Basically. Yes, that's that's a perfect way of thinking about it. Because the only other option there is your natural. Um, oh, sorry, the other. Uh, Agent of Bedlam. That's the minus one attack aura. I mean, and that's yeah, nice. just not going to take that. To be honest, like I'd rather yeah. have two minus one to an auras before I have a minus one attack aura. And I'm totally. not going to take That's for it. that's actually really true because we're talking like he's he's his actual the aura he actually has starts with is bad. It's not. It's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. The opportunity cost is so high. Um, mm. Same thing. Like the Troop Master, you can give him the two of mortal wound or you can give them a twilight thing if you have them do a lot of work it's fine it's just where do you want to spend your command points do you want to spend it teleporting do you want to spend it on the big troop squad do you want to spend it on fire and fade do you want to spend it on crazy characters like that's really the design choice of the harlequins is you, you take yeah. as many command points as you're willing to get and then invest them where you need to so that's really how you have to think about harlequins so how many would you spend pre-game like if, if conce conceptually if you were going to a gt how much would you put in the bank pre-game so I would have uh, probably two detachments, either an allied detachment or a second Harlequin detachment, depending on how we're doing it. I'm going to say that that detachment costs three, just for safety. Like, I, I have a list right now that's Eldar and Harlequins, and it has two battalions. Um, but if I'm running just mono Harlequins, it would only cost two, I'd run a patrol. That said, um, that puts me at nine, if we're calling it a three-detachment yep. secondary. Then... I would buy an additional relic. I would always buy the Rose for the Solitaire. If I'm writing it on my list, I'm not sure what the second one would be. It kind of depends on what I expect, who I expect to go to the turn and what armies I expect to fight. Twilight Fang is a good option. The mm -hmm. teleporting Domino Shroud is a good option. If it's a very Tau-heavy or Centurion-heavy, Aggressor-heavy meta, I might take Nor's Overwatch. Um, so that one's... I'll, I'll leave it floating because it's kind of tech-dependent, but yeah. I will buy it no matter what it is. Um, so that'll put me to eight. Then my Shadow Seer will probably take both pivotal rolls for seven mm -hmm. uh, for minus yep. six inch range and minus one wound. And then I, I'm going to stop right there because I'm down to seven. I don't like being at seven. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to go lower. I'm already in high. I, was, with I had yeah. this little like game show in my head, like, how low will he go? And I was yeah. like, there's no way he goes to six. Like, there's no, no way he goes like, to six. Like, I'm, not, I'm unhappy at seven, but that's where I would draw the line. Fair enough. So that seven being an extra relic, an extra pivotal roll? Extra, extra relic, extra pivotal roll, and a detachment, and that's like I didn't go crazy with my spending, but no. you can see I've already spent five. Like five, it's yeah. easy to get carried away with your harlequins. Mm. I mean, because it's like oh, you could just, man, you could just start the game with like three CP if you wanted to. It's so and easy. It's so you, easy. Legitimately, you, you buy a pre, relic, pre, you, get, you buy a second pivotal roll. All of a sudden, you're starting with four. 
Like, yeah, the, and like you'd have a green on your, you'd have a green on your face for like the first ten minutes of the game, being like, "I've got all my bases covered," and then you'll need to be flexible and be like, "Ah, oh, I'm absolutely like, screwed." I, mean, I lost 40, 40, 40 points. Me, when I first started building Harlequin, I was like, "Take this combo, this combo, this combo." Yeah. I started with five command points. What is this? <laughs> so, the the discipline in Harlequin for command points is where the skill comes in. There basically, there's things you have to know. Is you have an overwhelming amount of things you can do at any point. Probably in the first few games you play with Harlequins, even me as a super experienced player, the first few games I was playing, I didn't realize how much I could do. I, yep. I would like get that I had things I could do and then realize it after the game. Um, so once you kind of come to terms with all the different combos, do I go in there and fight twice? Do I go there and teleport back? Do I teleport back with this strat or that strat or this yeah. relic? Um, which unit do I send in? Once you kind of realize all of those, Picking the right one is the next step. Um, that's very difficult and very situation dependent, but that experience and coaching is what I can give you. That's uh, that's the key to that one. And then mm. command point discipline. Like that's it, Harlequins are probably one of the hardest armies to play in 40k. Also one of the most fun and rewarding. So it's just one of those things you get, like you got to put the time in. 100 couldn't couldn't agree more. And um... Yeah, I think they're a, I think they're a general's absolute dream army because the amount of flexibility and options you can have game to game. Like the armor can play so differently, and you can put your stratagems and spend your points and maneuver yourself so fundamentally differently in game from game that I just can't see. I can't see them ever being boring. I can't see you playing Harlequins and be like, oh, I've, I've wish, never been bored with Harlequins. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I was playing Space Marines. You know, it's just not going to happen. Um, all right, next topic, and this is the last one for the the list construction stuff. Soup. Um, Pros and cons, mate. What do you if if you're if you're taking soup, what are you taking it to bring to the table? Uh, I'm pro soup for Harlequins just because I think you run out of stuff to take. There's only seven units in the codex or so. Um, yeah, and like a lot of them are characters. Like you take your Shadow Seer, you take your Troop Master, you take your Double Jester, you take your Solitaire. That's one fifteen seventy. So that's one eighty five, two eighty five for the the Solitaire, and then three eighty five for the Jesters. You take a big unit of Skyweavers, that's 330, so we're about mm -hmm. 700 points, 715. Yep. Then you take a big troop squad and two small troop squads, keep the small troop squads fairly cheap, and maybe give them, give them Melted Guns and Star Weavers, take a big troop squad weapons. We're probably in the neighborhood of 11, 1200 points, and I've taken everything I really want from Harlequins. Okay. Um, you could take more troops, that's definitely not bad. You could take a second Skyweaver squad, that's not bad. That's how you would do it if you're trying to build a mono Harlequin list. Um, I just think I'd rather have different kinds of stuff in my army. So options would be Eldar, I think, are the most make the most sense. What I've been yep. really toying with is uh, Ajerman and Dire Avengers. They kind of fit the bill for Harlequins because oh, they're the same so, type of profile. Yeah, so you're just um, spamming four plus involves. Yeah, like Ajerman and Sixteenth Avengers is just thirty to sixty more bodies with four up involves, um, and that fits like a glove. Gives you mid range firepower, which is where Harlequins want to be. They want to yep. be mid range. And they don't have firepower at mid range, so that's what you, kind of fits naturally there. Also, I was um, going to say, like, would you take a stable backfield? Would you take like night spinners or something? You could, I, I, with the price hike to night spinners and shadow weavers, I value them a lot less. Um, but there's that's definitely fair, running like nine shadow weavers in a backfield for five forty or whatever it might be now. I forget. Um, might be six thirty. Whatever. It's uh, that's not a bad no. That's not a bad concept, but it is a not a good price point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's uh, that's you can't you can't do it. That's the entire rest of the that's the entire rest of the force. If we're so, talking about twelve hundred, I, I like the Dire Avengers and Ajerman a lot. 
Yeah, I like the Dire yeah. Vengeance and Ajman a lot because it's also mid-board presence and board control, which is the key to ninth edition. So it just it synergizes with the way the Harlequins play. Like if Dire Avengers mm-hmm. were a unit in Harlequins and Ajman was a character in Harlequins, you would no one would be batting an eye at the fact that I was taking yeah. so many of them. It's just the concept of allies is kind of daunting to people, but this is where I would go with it. So but they're also adding in especially with the double DJ, the double Rob Symes, um, that that would be their their protection, wouldn't it? That, that would insulate them. Exactly. So so when you have, like I said, your characters need to come back home after you've launched your Harlequin units into the enemy, where is home? There is no home. 30, yeah. so 30 to 60 Dire Vendors gives you a home. Absolutely right. So Azamun gives them a, well, gives everything, every infantry a 5+, plus, gives Dire Vengers a 4+, plus invuln. He is in of himself a pretty potent, melee character he's also not he's not easy to kill he's only got a two plus save though is that correct he's he a, he a four and naturally two up armor and a three up in one close combat he's not a slap <laughs> no he's not that's crazy i didn't know about the three plus invuln um yeah he's that's actually, actually protected to get a two plus invuln if you want to get nuts with it yeesh um so what, what would that detachment be would that be a would that be another battalion and what would you have yeah, your second because I would want six squads, I, i've tried to make this a patrol so many times but there's just no way around the fact that you want six squads of avengers not three so it's just got to be another battalion which is why I it's, kind of assume it's six fives enemy. yeah because naturally you want to dodge the the blast tax the blah well, the blast right right and i mean i don't mind going to six man or seven man or eight man like the the blast rule like they got three shots for free against my dire avengers woohoo i don't know yeah <laughs> um, when I hit 11 is when it's like, okay, the, I don't need the Wyvern shooting me 24 times. No, okay. no boy, no. You can't, you can't, can't. That's why my troop squads will stop at 10. My Dire Avengers are not stopping. Well, they can't go past 10. So anywhere between 5 and 10. I like the larger units. I actually, I, I, like, I think my ideal Dire Avenger count would be 60 if I could fit the points for it. Um, now, uh, is that, I think Psychic is a phenomenal rule, uh, which is from the new Psychic Awakening. Not so new anymore, but it's from the Eldar Psychic Awakening. <laughs> you, you replace Battle Fortune, not the five Overwatch, which granted Overwatch is worse now, but you replace Battle Fortune, which is the rule that gives your Exarch a four plus invulnerable save. Super redundant because Ajman just gives all of yeah. your Avengers a four invulnerable save. And then you replace it with Avenging Strike, which is a rule after a model in this unit is destroyed. Every other model in that squad gets plus one hit and plus one wounds. You're hitting on twos, you're wounding at plus one, and wow. triggering rends on fives. Yes. That with that Doom, because is... your second HQ will just be a far series playing Eldar. Um, mm. That with Doom is just death. It, it and kills hence, so everything. And hence why the bigger squads would be good. You'd get so much more value out of that and less chance yeah. of just being wiped the first time you get shot at. Um, so one one it, of my favorite little tricks with it, it's not reliable because there's no auto explodes to write things, but if you take your little Star Weaver and you keep them near your Dire Vendors and someone just blows it up, if it does explode, it does one mortal wound. Oh, to all units on six. you saucy. Super Saiyan. <laughs> that is saucy. That is actually pretty cool. Um, <laughs> is Azuman models within six, or is it units within six? Units within six. Oh, exactly. so you could you Most could be tendr- character ever. You I could be tendrilling it. out all over the place. Yeah, yeah okay. the tendrils are a lot harder because, because uh, of the coherency rules. But, yeah. rules. but you can get a lot more mileage out of it. Mm, there you go so uh, in in your mind if you were to com- take a competitive harlequins army right now it would be souped it would be souped and it would be i'm actually that's what i'm playing on uh on friday's match now i don't nice. have the full 60 dire vendors i'm kind of taking a lot more harlequins probably than i care for i love the harlequins don't get me wrong but i think after a certain points diminishing returns on them once you take the tools and harlequins you have the tools and harlequins and then yep. that's why i'm saying go to allies um but I think this list is amazing. I'm really excited to play it. 
Uh, check it out on Friday on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash AOW40K at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Beauty. I'll be, I'll post a, if uh, this episode goes out after that, I'll post a link. Um, yeah, in the, please do. The notes to that. So, because, yeah, it'd be, what an awesome thing to watch along with as you listen to this. Um, all right, we're moving on to our next topic. So that was just the first kind of section of this is just Harlequin's constructions. Like I said, the whole purpose of this is to go deep into things and pu- really pull them apart. Um, so next, next topic is making it work on the table. So this episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash instantinkspotify. Nick, some pointers of how to get the most out of your units. Patience, 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 patience. Patience. Is this is this patience as in calling your shot, or patience with not like not not flying into like, their face? Not flying into their face. Uh, that is Harlequin's one hundred and one. It's so easy to fly into their face with everything. You, I said in the beginning of the of the last episode, but you can't fight fair. Harlequins just don't have the muscle to fight fair. Right way of they, saying. So you have to fight. Pick your battles. Be careful about your engagements. That kind of stuff. It's kind of abstract to talk about over a podcast, but basically, don't sprint into their face and say, "I'm gonna charge you threat overload." Harlequins don't do that. Harlequins do not do the threat yeah. overload. Thing. You well, can do I, it against like poorly written lists and stuff that don't have the muscle to kill you, but a, a top tier tournament list just has more power than you do. So mm-hmm. you have to pick your engagements very carefully. I f- I feel like the the best way I would explain it is don't be predictable. Yeah. Don't come There's at them the, so, the way they uh, expect you to. Harlequins are a lot like playing Gene Stealer Cult, and I know that's an abstract army yeah. that most people no. don't have experience with, but basically the way Gene Stealer Cult, and I had, I had a lot of experience with Gene Stealer Cult last year, the way they worked is um, you had like a million different things you could do and different ways you could hit your opponent through different stratagems and reserve manipulation and things like that. And your opponent, if he was competent, would try his best to mitigate those and prepare for those. And the way you would capitalize on it is every time he clogged one hole by blocking one thing you can do, he opened up a second. And your job as the Harlequin player or the Gene Circle player in that instance is to be able to be so flexible that you can threaten this and then punch him on, threaten the right hook and then punch him in the lower left, that kind of thing. Man, it's just like Bruce Lee. You know, Bruce Lee like, used to say, like, be like water. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a very water-like army. You, you need to be so flowy and adaptable. And everything has to be very calculated. Like if we talked about the reroll charges being an awesome uh, warlord trait. It's not for Harlequins because you're not taking risks. Everything you do is calculated to the point where you have no failure. You can't be taking risks with 300-point troop squads that just died to a stiff breeze. Because what you're talking about there, you're talking about um, overcommitting. I feel like that's the biggest downfall is an overcommitment of resources for Harlequins because you, you don't Absolutely. have many. Um, and like this, like a five-man Harlequin unit with a couple of cp put into it can do most things that need doing in the terms of clearing and holding an objective um you don't need to put your ej you don't need to put your 10 man into five intercessors on an objective like no, you put your 10 so man in they get, exactly they get counter assaulted and you lose you lose the best unit in your army for no gain because it's essentially yeah. like those those 10 those 10 troops is 10 wounds of four plus save eg 20 if someone puts 20 wounds into you 
if they put make you roll twenty dice on your on your save, you will lose them all. One unit yeah. of ten intercessors goes through your best unit essentially. Yeah. Like so, and uh, another thing, a similar note. Like people get overzealous and excited with like the solitaire. Like this is the ultimate assassin character. Mm. I'm going to kill all of your stuff, and they go in there and they split attacks. Or even if they don't split attacks, it's still a relatively low quantity tax with no rerolls to hit. You have eleven attacks if you're frozen stars, ten otherwise. You hit on twos, which is great, but sometimes you roll three ones on ten dice. That is it not happens, unheard. man. It happens. It happens. Um, it's only AP minus one. Sometimes you, you knock your opponent to a four pinball. How many times has someone passed four out of six four pinballs? Like yeah. it's all three, all three, let alone three pluses, like, man. Like oh my god, three pluses, five out of six. Like that's not none of this is crazy. You, and you get a bad slew of rolls, and your solitaire doesn't kill anything. You lose your solitaire. You're like, man, I rolled so bad. No, Harlequins are a low volume army. That means they are very susceptible to dice spikes. Uh, the army's like orcs that roll 300 dice. You know, it doesn't matter if you roll 300 it, dice. It all lines out. It all lines out. Yeah. 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 But the Harlequins, you have a low quantity, and they all count. So when they miss, it's going to feel bad, and it's it. you can't lose the game because you bad you rolled bad. Uh, what we teach you in Art of War on our coaching page and in the War Room is not to blame dice and how to mitigate them. The way you mitigate them is by not going for those high-risk, high-reward plays. Uh, I look at those as Hail Marys. I only go for them when I'm down, and I need to swing for the fences. Like, but what I like to do is get longevity out of my characters. I hit and run style I was talking about using Bail of Path or yeah. Domino Shroud, the 2CP leave after you attack stratagem um, to get more rounds of attacking. Like, I don't have to win the game in one turn with some super flashy, grandiose play where I kill all your characters. I will happily kill one character a turn for five turns. Yeah. That is a much so, more consistent way of doing things. You could even say it like this. What's better than a solitaire attacking once? Attacking twice is better. Yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Living and attack again. Yeah, there's nothing Nothing could be better than you commit your solitaire and get out and live to fight another day. And still, and this is also tied in with those command points. Like, it's easy to blow all your command. I blew five before the game started, but it's easy to blow your command points once the game starts by turn two. Like, you're just charging mm. and you're fighting twice. You're, you're doing stuff. Um, then your opponent no longer has to worry about you. Once you're out of command yeah. points on my turn two, turns three through five, your army is linear and crappy. You need to be conservative and threaten your army for five turns. Hmm. So next topic, we don't we. So I put this one in here because I want to talk secondaries. I want to talk real mechanics and people choices people have to make. We don't like the GT pack hasn't been released yet, so we don't quite know exactly what the secondaries are going to be. But from the ones that they've released and they've shown us already, we can we can draw some some parallels. We can draw some conclusions about most likely what they're going to resemble. So Nick, what kind of secondaries in ninth edition have you gone for with your Harlequins? Um. I like engage on all fronts in certain scenarios. It's really when I'm trying to box yep. my opponent in. Um, is that being, e.g., the, the old ITC recon? That's, that's for those recon. Yeah. Yep. Um, in the list I've been talking about with uh, the Gajman and the Avengers along with the Harlequins, one I take basically every game is uh, While We Stand, We Fight. That's a new secondary, which is your three most expensive models. You get five points for each if they survive the battle. So that's Ajerman, who really should not be dying. Um, yep. That's the Farseer, uh, and that is your Shadow Seer. And if you're doing your job, the Farseer and Ajman are way in the back, and then the Shadow Seer is never exposed. It runs forward and then gets mm. teleported back to safety every turn. So, yeah. Unless you're getting tabled, you're not losing those characters, and that's an easy 15 points. Um, I have toyed with the concept of the... I forget what it's called. It's one of the psychic ones where you basically have to uh, get in the middle of the board within six inches of the center and cast a psychic power every yeah. turn. 
Um, I, I'll do that with either my true, my Shadow Seer or my Far Seer, um, depending on what's less important that turn, Doom or Twilight Pathways. Mm-hmm. And it's you do it three times and you're done, so it's not that hard, and your army can be in the middle of the board like that to accomplish it. So it's one I've kept in the back pocket. Or if I'm playing against like a vehicle-heavy army, I'll take like um, Bring It Down, uh, because I'll just kill vehicles with Skyweavers and stuff over time. Yep. And Die Avengers with Doom and Plus One to Wound, like... Two and units of five will kill a freaking tank. Like it's absolutely, absurd. get some work done. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, um. So, would you? Is there a style of um, secondary you'd value more than others? Where you'd value more maneuverable, or more kill, or more hold, or more? You know. Not, not on. Honestly, no. I don't think I have that much familiarity with them um, to say that. Yeah, but I do value. I value ones. And this goes to ITC too. That my army wants to do naturally. Like mm. I could get behind enemy lines. You know, my army's fast. I have lots of units. Yep. I can get behind me lines over and over and over again. But that's not the way my army wants to play. My army wants to be patient, hide out in the middle of the board, be a mid-board control army. Uh, that's why I go for, like, engage on all fronts instead, where I can control yep. three quarters a lot of the time. And then strike while the iron is hot, that kind of thing, in specific targeted places. I don't want to be forced into spreading out for behind me lines, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, I want to play my strategy. So I pick secondaries, not... I will take a secondary that I can only get 10 points on out of 15 if it's in line with my strategy and I will get 10 points out of it as opposed to one where I could get 15 if I make bad plays. Yeah. Yep. So theoretically, would you, do you think Harlequins are a good character-killing army? Would you ta- if, you, if you were playing against Chaos and they had a slew of characters, is that something you'd consider? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Assassinate is an amazing one. Um, if they have a lot of characters. Just in general, Assassinate is one I'd probably make a go-to. I forgot that was a secondary, to be honest. Um mm-hmm. You, you kill characters super well with Harlequins. Um, between, like, just all of your models move through their models, so unless their characters yeah. are perfectly spaced, uh, perfectly screened out on all fronts where there's no physical space to put a 25 mil base, you can get to it and attack it. Real um, hot Obviously, the, the Solitaire just, you know, he just mincemeat to characters. Um, specifically for Chaos, while we're on the subject, Harlequins have an adorable stratagem that hates Lanish. Um <laughs> It's basically you reroll all hits and wounds against Slanish characters, I think. Um, so, not all characters are Slanish, but sometimes, like, you'll, you'll get surprised. Like, uh, people will just take Slam You Sorcerers because they want access to delightful agonies, and just he's just dead for free, basically. Abaddon has all four marks, so if you do run into Abaddon, he gets, it, yep. he gets hit by it. Uh, the Contorted Epitome is a very popular choice, mm-hmm. so just knock her out for no reason. I haven't deep dived it yet, but I hear the um the Keeper of Secrets is the 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 best. The Keeper of Secrets is the best of the Greater Demons now, yeah. for sure. Look, so, that you yeah, might get some value there. Mind for sure. Mm-hmm. So, in your minds, going into Ninth Edition, this is this is all going to be naturally with uh, with Corona and doing what it is and doing what it is to the meta in the game. This is going to be spitballing a bit and just drawing some conclusions. But what do you see are the best and worst matchups for Harlequins going forward? I think Harlequins are going to struggle with Death Guard, um, unfortunately. Their characters are really tough, so you can't reliably assassinate them the way you'd like to, especially mm-hmm. with this T5 is rough for Harlequins. It's just yeah. like where you like the perfect toughness to like make it hard for your weapons without them paying for it. Um, feeling pain is rough because you can't just calculate, like, you have six wounds, I'm going to hit you with three damage twice, so I have to yeah. over-budget. And, and there's, this, there's this big reliance on fighting first as well. And that um, and then, the, yeah, the Foul Blight Spawn is just such a pain Whoa. to play around. Uh, but and also, that, Death, Guard, Death Guard don't care about your offense because, like, of the reasons we just pointed out. So they can be a mid-board army against you. And what, yeah. a lot of how Arlequins want to play is just dominate the table, 
score all the points and do it that way. And Death Guard are like, we will also dominate the team. Yeah. I suppose you could do it faster than them, though. You could position yourself, especially if you go first, you could position yourself and get the early points and try and play and, and try and just knock yeah, it back. Then, then it comes a bit of a first-turn game, unfortunately, yeah. um, because if Death Guard first and they get a first movement phase, it's hard to wrestle that back. Um, it's doable. Is, I don't want to say it's not doable, especially with the price hikes Death Guard got. But so uh, that's good. a tough one. Death Jesters. Do Death Jesters snipe characters? They can shoot characters. Regardless they can shoot characters. They're just not great at it because their guns just aren't designed to do character Well, killing. that's strength six minus three, three damage. Two the turns. With in, it, into yeah, it's two, two turns you might get somewhere with it. Um, the problem with it, especially against Death Guard, is like they'll have invul saves, they'll have decent armor, mm -hmm. and then they have female pain. Like if you fall one wound short, it doesn't accomplish anything for the first two turns. And, and then okay. again, it's, like yeah. if against a savvy opponent, if you if you let's say you bring two death jesters and you buy them all the relics at the start of the game, they could just cloud of flies and just be like, I right, still can't. Yeah, it's not like they, it's not like you have real shooting. And with the Dire Avengers, you kind of have real shooting where they might want to cloud of flies a unit, but if it's mm. if you don't have the Dire Avenger build, they're not going to waste cloud of flies on a like 20 possessed or 10 turn or something. You don't have the shooting threat in that. And lastly, I suppose the Plague vs. Crawlers, especially the 4 plus involved Plague vs. Crawlers, are a real unique problem for Harlequins. I mean, it, it, Actually, not so much. I mean, they're, they're tough for Harlequins. They're tough for everybody. But at well, least you have Haywire. I was yeah. about to finish up in saying that the you, if you could spam Haywire, if you could like take, if you didn't have to take 1,600 points of Haywire guns to, to kill two PBCs in a turn, um, like with one one unit, does one unit of bikes even kill a PBC? Like no, uh, not at all. One yeah. unit of bikes barely kills an impulsor. Like so, um, you need you need a unit of bikes and a couple of fusion skyweavers. Skyweavers, sorry. I, I think you just have to uh, accept that it's not a one turn proposition, mm. which isn't great. But um, honestly, I'd be happy that my bikes are doing anything in that match. They don't do yeah. anything versus infantry, so if they yeah. take flavors crawls, I'm like, okay, there's something to do. <laughs> well, see, there's there's legitimate. That's a legitimate option for uh, something that could charge into a, a plague bearer. I'm sorry, a plague marine brick um, with a three plus invuln minus one to wound and not just explode. Yeah, and this is again why I, I value those dire avengers so highly. Like with doom and plus one to wound and stuff, you can actually even without plus one to wound. But with doom, you're really actually able to downplay burst crawlers and taking units that aren't skyweaver levels of the points mm. um, and. Sometimes you play against monsters, you know, Magnus, Morty, Riptides, yeah. and Haywire is literally useless versus the monster keyword, so having a different weapon profile is really important. And this is all go, goes back to what I said earlier. Uh, the way I design lists is I build a giant toolbox that can do a little bit of everything, and I choose where to dump my resources in that match. So mm -hmm. against Death Guard, I'm not dumping my resources into the Skyweavers, whereas like against Advec, maybe I put all my command points in a fire and fade and three opinion Skyweavers. There you go. Yeah, that's actually a great idea. Um, What's another bad matchup do you see? I feel like Marines, Submarine, uh, Raven, Raven Guard? Raven Guard can be tough. Yeah, I'm hoping Raven Guard kind of fall off a little bit with the new rules. Because the points and stuff. The issue there is their character sniping ability just is redundant now. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Everyone can do it. It's not cool anymore. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I think uh, Dadmech can be tough. Um, it depends because it depends what the build for Admech is. Well, but they have like electro like, priest. There's, there's like five different amazing Admech builds. It's so yeah. hard to get a bead on what you need to to meta against. Right. Um, let's just go. Let's just talk about the bodies list. Let's say they're spamming breaches. Five up, uh, four up, five up breaches. That one I don't think is so rough. Um, they're like that's why really slow <laughs> and they don't have fly. Um, yep. So what I can do is actually just charge in with like 
a troop unit um, with buffs that should kill three breachers, or or maybe they have some rangers or something else I can interact with. If they don't, they don't. That's fine. Um, and then I'm going to stand right in front, 1.1 inches away from the entire army, and uh, just rob them of moon phases for as long as possible, scoring points. And they are a slow moving army. That's they they move uh, five inches, and they get uh, only yeah, D3. Have, so that yeah. dude, that um that death jester with the the minus two move, yeah. yeah becomes yeah. real premium real premium and they have huge bases so they will get in their own way so I that's can tell what you I mean right now. they do you have to fight unfairly like again mm-hmm. we are getting out muscled by the breacher spam you can't fight the breacher spam 1v1 you can fight the breacher spam when they don't get movement phases though yeah how do you feel like you do against tau harlequins so much better than before i used to, i would have said last edition this is the worst match ever but um i have ignores overwatch capabilities now and more importantly than that tau have no mechanism to fall back and still shoot you um so i can yes. absolutely just engage tau over and over and shut them up and that's huge that's that's like let's see at that a- point i think harlequin's our favorite versus tau there's this massive misconception last edition that because you could stack all the negatives to hit towers in a bad spot. Problem is though, you're not a shooting army as um, as Harlequins. So all you were doing was standing there, not killing them, and they slowly kill you. Yeah, and and, it's not even that you're standing there. If the, the Harlequin, the tower army is super mobile when it wants to be. Yeah. So a well played tower army that I can't damage just walks into the middle and says, it just covers the objectives. And it's like, yeah. I can't. You're, the best shooting phase that they're going to get is when you charge them, and you can't afford to yeah. do it because you'll just get wiped. Right, and, you, and then you're not doing any damage. Like mm. eventually, they do roll sixes to hit, and sometimes it's that's, even fives. That's what I was and saying. Like, yeah, you know, you do die slowly, and you don't do anything back, and they are bullying you off the objectives. Mm. I found so when doing stuff for WTC and ATC prep, I found that like the only way for Harlequins and things of their ilk to combat the Tau was to not let them get. A carry on turn. Don't let them get a carry on turn. Um, yeah. And if they do get it, they get to shoot and kill maybe like one thing if they're lucky. Um, but this was back when we were talking, like we were taking three inch sky weavers and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And there was the, the hit modifiers not stacking is a nerf against Tau nowadays, but mm-hmm. just being able to shut up their shooting, I think, is good enough. And Fantastic. we're actually playing that match this Friday on that Twitch channel. I will be playing against Richard Siegler, who's like the Tau player uh, in right. his Tau. Now give us one amazing matchup. One amazing matchup. Um, Probably guard has got to be like the easiest matchup in the world for Harlequins. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of vehicles typically, and they don't have uh, it's a, it's they're vulnerable to modifiers to hit. So the minus the modifiers do do something like just minus one is good. Um, the indirect fire is not spectacular against things like Skyweaver, so you can fire and fade through the entire army. Um, you can tie them up fairly well, and all their turrets are for the most part blast weapons minus the Punisher cannons, yep. so they can't really shoot into combat to bail you out. Uh, it's it. I played against Guard once in Ninth Edition versus with my Harlequins, and it was just such a blowout. Like not even I was, close. I was about to say all their infantry are the right profile to get shredded by yeah, your like, I, even oh, my yeah. basic troops without weapons. Like I'll send yeah. five basic troops in, like seventy points used to be fifty-five against ten guardsmen. Um, it's not even a thing. Like they, it's they, twenty-five they, attacks. You're just going just, to die through volume. And then, of missed. course, the Jester, like, if you are taking Harvester of Tournament, like, that's a squad of turn. So, in my, as I'm, the, I'm a guard player, and I'm excited about Ninth Edition, and I think of Harlequins as, like, the worst combination. So, so like, look at Tau, yeah? Tau is like, okay, I'm, I'm a Tau player versus Harlequins. Their shooting doesn't matter as long as I get to the positions first. Their movement doesn't matter. Um, their combat doesn't matter because they can't engage if I play properly. I play, as a guard player, I'm like, okay, against me, their shooting matters. Uh, they're faster than me and more maneuverable, and uh, their combat matters a lot. I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> all the worst. Yeah. 
Yeah, what, what am I doing against this? <laughs> All their stuff is good against me. That sucks. Um, another one I thought is demons. Interesting. So why do you think demons are great? I mean, I guess I, I don't really know what demon armies look like to be now honest. Well, I, I, I guess I it's like monster mash and stuff. Yeah, I don't particularly know as well, but see, the, the monster mash, I feel like, is favorable due to uh, what I believe, well, unless it's Slaneshi demons, I feel like Harlequins are always going to get to dictate the terms. Right. With with the strat to I hate Slaneshi, it's, it's definitely yeah. really helpful. And demons in general are weak to doom. Uh, the, the Lord of Change is really good. So that, that was the next that, one I was about to say. If, with your, your little pocket allied bit is premium against what I believe the demons are going to be. Because I, I can't see demons having... They might have one unit of 30 Plague Bearers, maybe. I don't even think they're going to have that. I don't even think you're on that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they'll have... I do think demons will run for troops is like lots of nerdlings. Like I wrote a demon list for a client yesterday um, and he had a, I put 30 nerdlings in there. They didn't go up at all and beasts got... Butt, or, or swarms got bumped into the lofted walls. Um, yeah. And one of the nice things about Harlequins versus nerdlings is if you run the Kisses, which I, I think is the most well-rounded one, uh, they're multi damage. Nerdlings and, hate multi damage, and their their strength four isn't they, they the plus strength one strength four versus two. Yeah, you win one twos. They don't get their field. You send your true master on a one way ticket. You can yeah. just send troops, and it'll be good. Yeah, I've, that's 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 one of the big reasons there. And because you can dictate the terms, I feel like they've got the right pro. Uh, the haywire does literally nothing, but the the. So just the D6 shots from the cannons is enough in that that they still get some good mileage. I feel like they still get a lot of value out of Harlequins vs. Demons. I might be wrong, though. Yeah. No, I think I think you're right. I just want to match those I haven't thought about in a while. Um, but this is why I'm saying you don't spam the Haywires. How many matches have we talked about where like the Haywires worthless here? It's like Yeah, exactly right. It, one unit is good. It gives you tech. It gives you options. And the matches yeah. you want to invest in it, you can. But you know where you, it, you know where it might be crazy good? against orcs all of a sudden people are talking about spamming buggies are, yeah mech, mech orcs definitely mech especially orcs. because orcs have no indirect fire just yeah. fire and that unit pick and up dude, things strength four minus one is actually a good profile for hurting orc transports yeah that's true so it's actually, yeah, actually pretty like all you ever need yeah <laughs> so that's actually pretty hilarious all right moving on so that that rounds out the um uh, the how we're going to try and make it work on the table. We actually have a list sent in by Simon Gorkovic. This is um, a former w, Australia WTC uh, captain, and he set this list in for review. So we're going to go through it. It's a list from a, a WTC captain. I don't expect us to be pulling this apart and like saying he's you know he needs to do this better, this better. But um, you'll this is a real spammy like this is this is the kind of list you expect at the start of an edition. Yeah, fairly unrefined, just kind of taking all the stuff he likes and making the most of. Um, everything that they've got going for him. And so he has, he started off his uh, Soaring Spite. He has a battalion with a troop master with a fusion pistol. He's going to be his warlord with Sky Strider, can disembark even after the transport has moved. He's going to have the Twilight Fang. So this guy is literally going to be a second solitaire, essentially. Um, and he's going to have an extra pivotal role, which is Darkness's Bite. So he's kitted this guy out with everything to, to kill. Just kill and kill and kill some more. Um, then he has a Shadow Seer, uh, which is going to be taking Smite and Twilight Pathways. Uh, mirror of mind and he's going to have an extra pivotal as well which is the plus six inches range and his possible relic there is the shadow stone which is the plus to auras and then he's got the yin khan now we'll come back to that um because that's a very interesting addition it was something we didn't touch on before which is the the possibility with yunari then he's got one two three four five six units of troop all with five fusions um a couple of them have two caresses a couple of them have one caress uh then he's got what you'd expect to go with that which is one two three four five six sky waivers with the twin uh, two shuriken cannons then he has a solitaire a death jester um the solitaire has kegarax rose of course and the extra pivotal role which is un unnatural acrobatics which is the minus one to hit so he's given up blitz which is interesting he's got a death jester with uh possibly going to take the lament 
and the pivotal role being the Harvester of Torment. Um, then he's got a second Death Jester, who's also possibly going to have a pivotal role. He's just writing down all the possibilities. He's got three Death Jesters, by the way. Um, and then he has a goddamn Webway Gate. So running that, running that back again quickly, Troop Master, Shadow Seer, Yin Khan, six units of troop, all decked out with fusions and some couple of close combat weapons, six transports for the troops, a solitaire, three DJs, and a um, webway gate. First impressions, Nick. I mean, it's a much more aggressive style Harlequinist than I care to run, but it's that's not to say it's an effect. There's, that's one of the beautiful things about 40K. You can play to your style. Um, mm. I do think that there are some great choices here like the with the aggressive style with all the sky sky weavers and the fusion builds you do like the incarnate there um he's he's the best when there's lots of small units running around the table in your opponent's face for him to jump around and still be protected with the kid like, with all those vehicles i so, feel like you got to create this air of mayhem and just yeah chaos that's, and then he thrives it goes like he just got this x factor that's so hard to handle right right when in a very patient style calculate list he's not that strong he wants to be in an all-in kind of aggro list where it's just overwhelming your opponent that's what this is um i'm not sure on some of the choices he's made as far as like why the solitaire is given a blitz i will never understand mm, um that's fair. the uh the triple jester is fine but i i don't find three of them to be great like their pivotal roles will make them their offense otherwise isn't that great I'm interested how he would use them. He'd have to have them in the Skyweavers, Starweavers, wouldn't he? Otherwise, they would just be sitting at the back of the board, the first few yeah, things. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure they start in the Skyweavers. Yeah. Um, and just but I'm interested to know if he keeps them in there after he pulls the troops out, or is he does he drop them off mid-board on his way past? Because, I mean, essentially, he's got nothing that he's got nothing to babysit them. Everything he's got is well, mounted. The Skyweavers themselves can babysit them. So if the troops yeah, are getting out uh, at some point, you know, the Skyweavers can help babysit. Um. They're also they don't mind being in the thick of things. They are a shooting character, but they don't need to be super far back. Mm, yeah, um, no one's going to be bothering true. to kill death jesters when there's troops and sky weavers running around in your face too. So he's got these two. I, su- I suppose the, can the solitaire get into transport? Yes, he can. So I'm assuming that's what he's doing. Then he's going to he's going to mount up every literally everything is going to be mounted yeah. up. Notice he's got uh, one two two characters. Three characters. He's got six characters. He's got six skyweavers. Um, yeah. With six skyweavers, uh, he could do three on each flank, for example, in deployment zones, and, and then, then phantasm one way or the other, or whatever. Yeah. The other, I see. Like, I love that is. stuff. Um, but yeah. Yeah, so, like I said, he's got six. He's got six footstocking characters. He's got six transports. He's got five units of five troops. So literally everything is going to be um, web, like webway gated in a transport. Actually, what is he doing with webway gate? See, that's that's I'm I'm afraid you asked me that question. I really have no idea. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wish I had a better answer for you. It does have tricks. Um, one of the things I love about the Webway Gate is it lets you bring in stuff from reserves from it from any Eldari faction. Um, yes. We're not making use of that in this rule in this list, so I, I don't know why it's here. Uh, it, it's there to shore up mobility issues of certain models, but this army is super well, fast. That's, as what, is. that's what I was about to say. It's a bit of a a bit of a doesn't make sense because yeah it. Everything is super mobile. Everything is ridiculously mobile. Twenty there's, inches. There's no work. reason to have to spend points to deep strike stuff. Mm. There, there are tricks with its disembarking. Um, if it dies, for example, um, then you can disembark in awkward times for your opponents. So maybe that could be it. But I don't realize. I don't think that's a strategy here. Um, mm. 
I'm not sure. Maybe maybe it's that, and I'm just not seeing it. That's so my guess. Usually, um, usually when I get people to send in lists, and this will be the the go going forward, I'll get I'll get people to attach a little bit of a paragraph of why they've made like some of the pivotal choices and things like that. So, like if if I had have asked Simon, legit, he would have explained everything that's going on here. So, um, yeah, we don't quite get the idea of the. Uh, it okay. could be part of what you said earlier with the uh, character protection. This is an interesting thought I just had. It yeah. is a vehicle. So yes. it does protect for your characters within three. So if you're oh. going threat overload in your face, maybe get your death gestures out in the middle of the board and oh. just have that thing babysit. Holy crap! And how many points is it? It is ninety-five points. Ninety-five. Yeah. Is it is it hard to kill? What's the pro, what's the defensive profile? Uh, it's like sixteen wounds, three of five up to eight. It's not easy. Yeah. It's that's, not like impossible, but with, with all these stuck star, star weavers in your face, you're not killing that. It's a land raider, man. Yeah, it's, it's a land raider. It's a land raider that doesn't threaten the opponent anyway. There's a, when you've got six. Sky Star Weavers jumping into their face, they're going to be like, "Man, I really need to kill that inanimate object." <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, if that if that's what he's using for, I think that's a little that's a little spark of brilliance there. Um, yeah, that's an interesting. That, that might be something I have to work in, to be honest. Yeah, because, and the thing's really wide as well. So technically, you could have it. It's, it's really big. Yeah, a death gesture on one objective. And I believe it infiltrates, so it also gives you some midboard presence before the game starts. Nice. So you technically you could have, um, well, you could have your DJs in the portal. And they jump out of it onto midboard objectives, and then they're protected by it as well. That could be that could be a really really interesting way of using it. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's clever. Uh, yeah, I don't know uh, if that's actually right. This is pure speculation, but that's an interesting idea. If you were to play this list, if you were to play this aggro esque style, um, in your face, everything's coming at you style chaos list, what would you add or change to this one? I probably would put the. The solitaire, I would give him blitz back. I, I still don't know what that's about. Um, I would I would still run a large troop unit on foot. I know it doesn't really synergize with the idea of all mech, but I think it's just too good not to take a large troop unit on foot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe I would probably cut a second, to, uh, cut down to two gestures. I don't see why there's three. I mean, so the, would- the value for, as an actual shooting platform isn't that great, and you have all the utility you want after you take two. So you'd save, um, you'd save 80 points on one Star Weaver. You'd save... Uh, 50 points on a death jester, so we're at 130. And a unit of troop, if you took but off the I put all 80 points and just bump it into that unit. Yeah, yeah, you you take, yeah. yeah. Um, you'd still keep the incarn in this list. Yeah, I think he, he needs to be in this list. I think he's sick in this list, to be honest. He's, he's beautiful in this list. This is like yeah. the type of list that the incarn thrives in. Mm. Um, all right. Uh, so that was there wasn't as much to review on that one because i feel like it was a very well written list for what it wants to do plus we're running a bit long in the tooth we're already at the the hour and five minutes mark i want to keep these things to about an hour we could talk about that list for another 20 minutes half an hour um but uh we're gonna do we're gonna wrap this baby up so thank you very much nick for being on this this very first uh, part two episode in the part one of course thank you so much yeah, of course. anytime happy to have you yeah that's it like uh, I need some, you know, next time I need some, uh, the Death Guard, you're playing Death Guard at the moment? Um, I, um, I've dabbled in Death Guard. I've mm. dabbled. Let's I dabble in everything at the point. <laughs> well, we'll probably, most definitely get you on for some other expert opinions and some dissection. Um, so yeah, patrons, hopefully you've gotten some insights out of that. Hopefully that's been beneficial for you and some learn some things, gain some insights into the game, how Harlequins work, either as a Harlequins player or someone who aspires to play them or someone who has to play against them. Cause I feel like you're going to be seeing these guys probably more than ever as a, as a, either a mono or a primary, like, cause I can't think of it. Like so they were released uh, mid seventh edition. Yeah. And, Harlequins, yes. and I've, so. I've never played, I've I played, I've never played a competitive game against a, a primary Harlequins army. Never. Not once. 
Um, right. It's always Tell been America, and I will school you. <laughs> uh, well, no, I mean as a primary faction. You know, it's always been like they've been secondary. They've been something a tech choice is added on to something else. But now, legitimately, yeah. you will see primary mono Harlequins either either. And I feel like they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Definitely. Um, so, Nick, power rating. Last thing we're going to do uh, here. Where would you see them? Like, if like well, until we got our own ranking system, where would you put them on like the 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 S tier to F tier? I'm going to give them two scores here. I, I think the uh, there's well played Harlequins by a, like someone who's a proficient with them, and there's like pick up and play Harlequins where you're just going to fumble around. Mm-hmm. If you're a fumble around with Harlequins kind of guy, I'm going to say D class. Yes. And then if you're uh, if you know what you're doing, if you're an avid, avid Harlequin player, an experienced general, that kind of thing. Um, I don't want to say yes. I don't think it's that strong, but nah. uh, probably like high, like mid A, low A, that kind of thing. I was going to say B plus A minus somewhere there. B plus, B plus A minus, yeah. Mm. Like, like I think the low A sounds right. I, the, only, the only thing I think holds them back is the onus is so much on the general, so much on the, the you, you don't have a centurion unit that's just going to get you through the hard times, you know? Like, yeah. There's no it's, mistakes. It's, it's all there's, on you. It's all there's, on you. There's no one else to no one to complain to. No one's going to save you. There's no like. It is 40k on expert mode. But in saying that, it's so much juicier and probably so much more rewarding when you can just make stuff yeah, work. That, that's that's part of why I love it. It's you know, I, I don't enjoy the armies that are just like I sit here and I shoot you with my broken yeah. guns. It's you know, anyone can do that. I don't need to be the guy doing that. But I enjoy Harlequins because they make me think and they make me learn the game in a new way. All right. Well, let's wrap that up. Thank you so much to the patrons for supporting us. If you're interested in supporting us, um, or if you know some people who would enjoy this kind of content, we're going to be pumping these out weekly on different factions, different stuff. We're going to eventually, um, as G-Dub starts producing new codexes and things like that, we'll catch up with current events and current codexes, and we'll be reviewing stuff as it comes out. So the stuff will be much more on point um, of relevance. So yeah, uh, tell your mates about the Patreon, tell them it's signing up, tell them how good and how much you've enjoyed this. Please give us some feedback if there's anything we've missed or anything we could do a little bit better. This naturally was the first episode. So um, all it's all upwards from here. Thank you again so much, Nick. No problem, man. Thank you. And uh, have a great night. Take care. Just before I leave everybody today, once again, thank you so much for listening to the Art of War Down Under podcast. Um, I'm here to tell you about an incredible, incredible competition that's happening right now. And in lieu of ninth edition and in celebration of ninth edition um a bunch of uh content creators and organizations have collaborated to bring to you an incredible uh thing to kick off this edition so <clears throat> the keynote prize here for this competition you go to um 40kprices.com and enter the running to win uh, first off a 1500 dollar shopping spree from frontline gaming for any gw products so geez you, you can get most of what you need for a whole collection there um an army paint omega paint set three months coaching of the art of war a right r- rightful ruler app license and another three months access to the war room as a separate prize now to enter you just go to 40kstats.com and chuck in your first entry but in order to get a bunch of extra 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 um, entries into that competition enter the code word down. So that is just for people listening to this. <clears throat> Go to 40kprizes.com, enter the art of enter that um gives into the art of war. Code word down, and you'll get an extra five entries into that competition. And and keep listening because we're gonna have more code words and more episodes down the track. So yeah, get involved and hopefully you can win some incredible stuff. Thanks again for supporting this uh, new venture by me, this new podcast. Thanks again for supporting Art of War in general and supporting the community. And um, I hope you've enjoyed the content. Take care and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K.
Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow. Yeah.